Now when the wise men had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. Matthew chapter 2, verse 13. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Um, When it comes to discerning God's will for our own lives, I'm sure, like me, you've sometimes wished it was as clear and as specific as the angelic direction given to Joseph. Although um, such angelic commands are are very rare today, um, nevertheless, the flight of the Holy Family, which is what this sort of event in the life of Jesus is called in the Gospel, um, is very instructive as to how God's will for our particular lives functions. And so that's what I want to examine today. Um, Just as a brief aside, um, I think sometimes our longing for more specific direction from the Lord is a little bit of a cut before the horse situation in that it seems to be the case in Scripture that um, God desires to reveal His specific will to those who He foreknows have a willing heart to obey it. Because the other case would be disastrous if God were to reveal something really specific and in a hardness of heart we would say, well, God, I hear that's what you want and I just don't want to do it. Then it's sort of conscious, willful rejection of God's purposes for our life um, we saw in the, late, in the nation of Israel that when God sent them prophets who said very specific things, right? Tear down that statue, worship the truth, you know, and they rejected the message. Their rejection was um, heaped great condemnation on them as a people. So uh, I think sometimes when we think like, God, I just want more specific direction, to put the horse in front of the cart would actually be to say, God, give me a more willing heart to obey you. It's in Psalm 51, right? The great psalm of repentance. Um, Give me a willing spirit, right? a readiness to obey, faith and trust to obey. And then it seems like the, the very ability to receive clear direction from God is made more possible. Okay, that's the aside. What I want to examine is um, the story of the flight to Egypt with this lens of providence. And providence, in a very specific aspect, God's particular will for our practical lives, like the outworking and the decision-making, the stuff that makes up the day-to-day. You might think that um, the Ephesians reading that we heard uh, would be more suited to that about predestination and God's purposes. But the Ephesians reading is clearly about God's general purpose that each of us would come to inhabit our identity in Christ more fully. That's perpetually true for each of us. And it's the thing we should be striving for as of chief importance, above and beyond our particular circumstances and paying the bills and making choices is is should be our commitment to know Christ and know him more and worship him truly. So that's why I actually want to look at uh, Matthew chapter 2 because it's all about this sort of particular decision-making and uh, outworking of God's purposes. I think if we study kind of with precision what happens with the Holy Family in sort of the bright light of the of revelation of Matthew chapter 2, it can kind of tune our radar for attending to God's purposes for our particular lives. Okay, enough preface. Um, first of all, just to say, uh, I guess, okay, no, one more piece of preface. Uh, in case there was doubt, uh, God does still give directions to us, chiefly in his word, but also through circumstances. And the counsel of godly fellow Christians, which we corroborate with our conscience and our heart. 
So, okay, so the first thing to note then about God's direction of the Holy Family is that his direction came at precisely the right time. Right? The Gospel reading says, when the wise man had departed, right, then the angel came to Joseph, that it was part of God's purposes that the Gentile Magi would be among the first witnesses of the birth of the incarnate word. And so Mary and Joseph had to stay put until that had happened. And then a precise direction comes. It's also noteworthy that when God desired to move the Holy Family along, he gave the specific direction to one member of it, Joseph. That whereas with other aspects of the nativity, an angel came to both Joseph and Mary, with this case, it came just to Joseph. So Mary, in the middle of the night, Joseph says, God has told us we should go to Egypt. And she says, okay. So she heard from God, God's will for her life, indirectly through another. I think it's um, specifically in our families. I think the people that God will use the most readily is, if you're married, your spouse. But other family members as well, for God to speak to you through your spouse. But like St. Paul says, test every spirit. That Not everything your spouse says is God's will. Um, but to test the spirit and say, well, maybe this is actually God's will for me to grow in this way, or for that is, you know, and, and that we should listen to what God might say to us through others. As it's true for our biological family, it's also true, I think, for a church family, that we can discern God's will through visions he gives to each other, which we should pay attention to. Another noteworthy aspect is that God's desire was to save the Holy Family from harm, right, from Herod's malice. But it, he still led them, in order to avoid harm, God still led them into and through danger, right? Migrating to Egypt, hundreds of miles, right, with a little baby. That was more dangerous. It would be dangerous now. It was dangerous, certainly dangerous then. Danger of the road, danger of what awaited them in Egypt, which was a densely populated, tumultuous place. It's sort of interesting to kind of think about, you know, the, like it could have been otherwise. In God's providence, he could have... You know, he, when he wanted to get Jonah to the right place, he just had a whale swallow him. <laughs> God could have put Mary at the Holy Family on a boat, and they could have sailed to Santorini, like an island off of Greece, and just lived kind of in Mediterranean comfort and luxury for 30 years. But that wasn't what he did. He called them into danger. And I think that's often the way of God, as we see in the lives of the Holy Family and so many of the prophets before. One of the sort of things I try and flag in my own mind is if I think God's giving me a specific direction, and it's towards just total insulated comfort, I'm very wary of that that is from God. It's not never from God, but I'm wary of it. And then what we see is through Joseph's obedience, I love that the grammar even of the gospel sort of shows it, like the angel says this, and so Joseph did this. Like just so you can't caught that, like he did exactly as the angel told him. He obeyed, and then he had to problem solve, right? Like he just goes to Egypt, but he has to figure out provisions for his family, and work to do when he gets to Egypt, his problem solving. Through his just ordinary human life, God's purposes for mankind, in this case, the saving of mankind, right, the preservation of the word himself, Jesus, was made possible by Joseph's cooperation and practical outworking. Of course, each of us isn't as sort of close to the action as Joseph was in sort of extending God's saving plan. But we are still a part of the action, right? That plan has already been taken deep effect and there's now billions of Christians sort of working out the territory of the kingdom of God. But we each have our own small portion to play in that same story and God asks for our cooperation. And that's a great mystery. Here's the sovereign God of the universe who could cause it to come into being with a word and will roll it up like a scroll at the end of human history 
And yet he's inviting us into participating in his own plan, even in our sort of practical lives. God's direction to Joseph involved a command of patience, which it so often does, right? Remain there until you hear otherwise. Just wait. It will be difficult, but wait for the next instructions. Um, It's also worth noting that God's will and his plans, uh, as they sort of stand behind the specific direction that he gave to the Holy Family, that they aren't circumstantial adaptations, as if the world is just spinning and God's trying to like kind of keep up with it and kind of working his plans into a world that he isn't already sovereign over. So Herod's rage is the circumstance of the, that prompted the Holy Family to, to get out of Dodge. Um, but this wasn't God because God was somehow behind the curve. And the proof of this is that it was prophesied 500 years before by Hosea. That was that quote, as the prophet said, out of Egypt I called my son. Which in Hosea is this cryptic epigraph on sort of the life of Israel. And whenever you see something cryptic in the prophets, it's always worth sort of scratching and saying, is there more going on here? And sure enough, um, the Holy Spirit opened Matthew's eyes to see this was a prophecy of Jesus going down to Egypt. So 500 years before it happened shows that this wasn't some afterthought of God like trying to catch up. This was the plan all along. And we can actually extend that back even further as we heard in Ephesians that Marvelous, mysterious verse. Um, he predestined us into being Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. Like before Genesis 1-1, before the world is made, God had in mind, I can't wait to bring Kathy right, and Ryan and Brad into the salvation of God. God is not... Um, just adapting to circumstance. But nevertheless, God works through circumstance. And, and here again, we, we sort of get a, we can, our minds can barely scratch the surface of the wisdom of God. But God cares for all his creatures. So he's working every plan out with the, the, the fullness of his care for every creature. So from the ground up, literally, for his care for creation, every river, right, which he made, right, every bird, every animal, Every human that ever was in the past to whom he made promises, like the people of Israel, or that justice would be brought about, as well as every human uh, who's present now. God, we know he's revealed his will to us. He desires that all might be saved. And so he's working out his purposes to that end, that everyone would have the maximal chance to be able to receive his own life and gospel. So as part of that wisdom, you know, that, I think that's part of why things don't get acted out in what would seem to us to be more simple or efficient ways. I mean, gee, God could have just killed Herod brought, you know, before he even had the thought to kill the babies around Bethlehem. But he doesn't. The Lord permits that in his inscrutable purposes. He permits this horror and works around it as part of his planned providential outworking of his will. That's the case for us. His perfect will um, is always accomplished under and not over the particular circumstances that we find ourselves in. So we have in Matthew 2, I know they're the holy family, but let's just call them a family. We have a family, but because it's recorded in the Bible, it's like all of the things which are usually kind of dark and dim to us have all the lights turned on. That it's like, oh, clearly we can see God's doing this and this and this, and he's working all these pieces together, and he's avoiding Herod's rage. Right? It's all there on the page with all the lights on. 
And so it's really easy to see. In our life, it's much harder. You know, you can't, we don't know what's beyond the horizon or all these other things that are happening or what God is working out. But what we learn from Matthew chapter 2 is that what is true about God then for that family is true about now and always for every family, for every person. So just to kind of abstract the points that are true, and so I say these as, me, as being true for your lives and your practical lives, that God is executing his perfect will. That he's leading us according to his purposes. That he'll lead us in the midst of our particular circumstances. That he will lead us probably into danger and through that danger. He'll require us to be patient and we can trust that he will give specific direction at exactly the right time as we have ears to hear it. It's something actually Carrie opened my eyes to about this passage eight years ago now, um, which is how wonderful it is that you do the best you can according to what you understand God's will to be, and if it happens to be wrong, God will redirect you. What he's looking for is the willing heart to obey him. So the example here is Joseph, right? That Bible says you're not supposed to commit adultery. He thinks that Mary's gotten pregnant because of that. So according to what he knows about God's will, he's planning to divorce her, right? And then an angel comes in and says, no, 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 no. I know you were like on trajectory to do what you thought was right, but God wants you to go over here. It's not adultery. You can you marry her, take care of her, raise that child. So if your heart is willing to obey God, you can trust that he will direct you and that sometimes it feels like we're kind of operating in a dim light, like, God, I think this is where you want me to go. Okay, well then, proceed carefully and prayerfully. And if there's something else that God wants you to do, he, because he wants you to fulfill his purposes, he will guide you after that. His providence is good and perfect, and it brings him glory. And if we um, receive this truth about him, I think naturally should follow two uh, responses in ourselves, and that's calmness and courage. Calmness because you can trust that he is in control. That we are not the captain of our fate. We're on deck. We're participating with the will of the captain, but we're not the captain. And then courage to endure difficulty. To wait patiently. And even to tolerate danger, knowing that the Lord's will will be done. So this is uh, true for each of us, and I hope it's a... Um, a focusing word at the top of this new year, right? a whole year ahead of us, which looks to be uh, different in many ways than the year that's behind us, um, with different things that we're going to encounter, lots of uncertainties, but to trust that God is working his purpose out. It's true of each of our individual lives, and I know some of what some of you have on your plate and are working through, uh, some I don't know, but I know that these truths are perennial for us. It's also true uh, for our common life as a church, that um, just as the church has already faced uh, almost 2,000 years, uh, we can face this and every year with calmness and courage, trusting that the Lord is guiding our steps as we seek to present to him uh, a willing heart to obey. Amen.